0: I think I have everything going and three, two, one. You're now listening to the sounds of the fall. Black. fall no! Nerf Black Fall Black Fall Black. Black. No. No. Black. 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 Black homie Red Hood Wade is a black nerd. My man Woke Von Doom is a black nerd. Black you know that Brandon Norton is black a black nerd. nerd. And the man who made this beat is a black nerd. Extra mental. Welcome to the Ball Black Nerds podcast. I am your host, Red Hood Wade. Unfortunately, uh, Woke Von Doom and Brandon Norton are not here today. They're both working. Um, and as y'all know... I- Honestly, this is good. this is actually super cool to have. Um, he's um, a comic book uh, writer of a comic book series on, on the internet called Somewhere In Between, I believe. Um, I caught it randomly on one of the promoted uh, Instagram posts, and I loved it. I laughed, um, and I actually sent him a direct message one time. One of the uh, particular scripts made me tear up because I completely understand where a lot of this comes from. So why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Well, hey, um, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. I am uh, Andre Demel. Um I'm the writer and um, illustrator of Somewhere in Between, um, primarily Instagram comic, but I guess you just call it a web comic. Um, it's, it's, it's great to be here, man. I'm super excited. I, um, I, we've been messaging back and forth on Instagram, and I was like, man, I checked out your podcast, and I love it. And guess what? I just have to be a black, uh, black bald nerd myself. So here I am, man.
0: Worked out with a with a signed guitar in the back too.
1: Yeah. So um, one thing about me, I'm a I'm a I'm a man of many hats. So I'm also a musician, and um, I actually got the honor of playing with uh, George Clinton. Oh, and um, he signed my guitar and drew me a picture. So that's that's what you see back there.
0: You can't just drop a bomb like that. <laughs> you can't just randomly say, "Oh, <laughs> I, just, I just happened to play with jo- like one of the premier." Like musicians in history, and then just kind of like,
1: oh yeah, this kind of just happened. Like, how do you? I mean, how do you get the opportunity to do that? That's dope. So it was uh, it was actually real interesting. I um, so I was playing with this uh, church band, and um, George Clinton actually attended our church. Like, he was a member, and we were doing this big like yearly concert that we called Night Under the Stars, and um, it was just a way of like people in the community coming and playing, uh, singing cover songs yeah and so you know i was a part of the band i was playing guitar um i was playing guitar and bass but um uh he approached us and he was like hey um you know we want to be a part of this this year like my band we want to do it but um i want to sing but i actually want to use y'all as my backing band and so we're like oh that's what's up she's like yeah come on because his studio is actually here i'm in Tallahassee, florida so his studio is actually here in Tallahassee, florida and so um we went over to the studio and hung out with them and and vibed with his band and he showed us the switchboard and all the stuff and um, it was just super dope and super cool and um he's like the, the the coolest guy you'll ever meet and uh yeah man we just got to we got to jam out with them and play the concert with them and yes it's it's something I'll never forget.
0: Yeah I got no my, my somewhere my dad is jealous and I have no idea why. <laughs> um, like it, my dad was a is a big funk guy parliament george clinton like that those were like yeah so i heard a lot of that growing up and it's funny mm-hmm. man, when um i finally got an itunes account many many years ago and i was looking up i was like what's the name i called my dad and it was like um i forget the name i think it was weather report with some other stuff and i jumped up on a mm-hmm. lot of jones and i was like and i was like oh the, the nostalgia starts to hit in and stuff like that man
1: so yeah yeah and, yeah know, it's 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 wild how um the, those those cats those legends their minds just think different because we hear the songs and like even as a musician like um you know we studied the songs and we prepared and when we went in to to we kind of did like a soft recording just so you could hear how we sounded and stuff and um he would stop us every every once in a while he'd be like no that's not the note that's the note it's like they like this cat like knows this stuff like it's ingrained in him like from top to bottom like he wrote these songs 40 years ago like it's, it's crazy and he just knows them like the back of his hand. And so being able to experience that and see that was just, it was just so cool. Yeah, but you also
0: understand that as, as a creator yourself. So like you have the characters. So let's get right into it. The uh, combo yeah. um, somewhere in between. Uh, where did this come from? And it's, it's kind of funny because as I'm reading, as a reader, I'm like, this dude is definitely in the South. I can, I can just tell <laughs> the vibe Yeah, it definitely seems like somebody from the South. So um, I'm a, I'm a Northern. So like, mm-hmm. I could definitely tell the difference, but it was, it was so damn cool. So where did this idea of the of the comic come from?
1: So just a little background. I've always wanted to be a comic strip artist. Like my dad, the first time I found out my dad could draw, my dad was a military guy. So um, we moved around a lot and we finally landed here in Florida and, you know, going through grade school you know my dad was so was, was very militant didn't he wasn't much he wasn't the type of guy to say much um but when he did it was like commanded respect that type of person but like one day I was just sitting in the living room and we were just chilling he just um I was reading this book about like mice or something like I was a little kid I was like six seven years old and he came over and he just drew it just drew it like perfectly like didn't trace it didn't do anything like he just drew it and it looked just like the picture in my book and I was like I didn't know you could do that. Like, I didn't know you could draw. He's like, yeah, I've, I've always been, I just, I just don't really do it anymore. I was like, well, can you show me some more stuff? And like, he would show me like, you know, how to trace and how to get your ideas out and like, you know, study and stuff like that. So from there, that kind of, that kind of created a bond between me and him because we didn't have much in common, but like that created that, that bond. And so he would, he was a newspaper reader and uh, he would read the newspaper and I would always take the funnies, the comics section and um just reading the comics and going through all that and then um one day my pick my paper picked up jumpstart and um it's a black comic um and it's uh it, it was the only comic in there that had a black cast and so i was like yo there's like there's comics that look like me it's like that's that's so interesting i, I know jumpstart it's a- you know jumpstart yeah 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 it's still going today, and um it's like, these characters look like me. And they're talking about stuff that we talk about. And, and it, was, it, was, it was super dope to me because like, the comic wasn't about them being Black. They just happened to be Black. You know what I mean? And there's kind of a difference. And anyways, I, I, you know, that always stuck in the back of my mind. And I was, I was constantly, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be a, a, a cartoon artist. I want to be in the comic. I want to be in the newspaper one day. And like life happens and stuff happens. And so I actually went to school for art. I went to um, University of West Florida and studied art. And I actually came over here to FAMU and studied art a little bit and um, just never found a career path within it. And so I kind of dropped it for many years, probably like a decade after college. And, um, you know, I was a, I was a musician. I was doing my thing as a musician. But um, at some point, like I couldn't really dive into being a musician as much as I wanted to. We like downsized our house a little bit. And so we didn't have like space for all the equipment and all the instruments and stuff. And so um, I wasn't doing that as much. So I had to fill that like creative need. And so I was like, man, I I really want to get back into drawing. And um, my wife is like, I I can't give my wife enough praise. She's always been the type, like, if you have a dream, just go for it. Uh, We'll figure it out. That type of stuff. She's so supportive. She was like, you want to get into art, just buy an iPad and just start, start drawing. It's like, yeah. let's do it. So I bought an iPad and I started drawing and I started drawing comics. And then my son was born like shortly within this time. And, and uh, my wife is white and I'm black. And so we've got a biracial kid. And um, I was thinking, I was like, just like I was watching, I was looking at Jumpstart as a kid and I saw that representation and that was so important to me like, what if my son had something that he could look at and see himself and see that representation? And so that's how that, that idea started brewing for the comic. It was like, well, you know, what if I have this mixed kid as the main character? And it's not necessarily about him being mixed. He just happens to be mixed. But you still see the world through his eyes and you see these experiences and stuff. And it kind of evolved and grew from there. And that's the long way of, of explaining how where the comic came from. So. There's a lot to, well, there's a lot to go into that. Like, it was funny, I told, um, so I showed my wife
0: the comic strips, everything, stuff like that. And it was, there was two in particular that she cracked up on. One was um, Nevaeh's hair, when she was, trying, <laughs> when she was trying to straighten it and it just puffed back up. Yeah, yeah. I actually showed that to every black, every black woman I know I've sent it to and they go, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it be. And the second one was Booth going to his mother when someone said, uh, you don't look mixed or something like that. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. wife was mixed. Her mom's, her mom's white, is okay. dirty. So she cracked up because it's something that she's always had to go through where mm-hmm. growing up, it was like she wasn't quote unquote black enough for her black friends and not white enough for her white friends. And it was, it wasn't so yeah. like well into her like, you know, late teens early twenties, um, but she was just like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing you talked about was seeing somebody who looks like you in your particular field. And that's something that I've been, I talk about on both my podcasts, stuff I talk about in my writing, and how important that is to see the representation. In like, you, because like now you grow up and you're like, oh, hey, this comic strip looks like me. This comic book writer and artist looks like me. These directors mm-hmm. look like me. And so I like, I can see the, sometimes you can look at someone and go they enjoy what they're doing and there's love behind and sometimes you can tell yeah. it's a job with the stuff you do you can tell there's real love behind like you know what i mean it's not just some random comic strip with random jokes like you know there are like the one-offs but then i think the last three possibly four have been like a series yeah and i love that and then finding out and i actually just jumped on a patreon Specifically because like there's now there's another story. And then there's another story that I'm only gonna be able to catch on Patreon. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the one about um, um pri- I think it's called either pride or out. Out, yeah. Out. And it was about a young black kid coming out. And mm-hmm. you threw a um you threw a, a snippet and a quick thing in there, and it was like, I thought your dad said it wasn't he was an ally. Like, this is him being an ally because he's yeah. treated just like he would treat anybody else who's gonna go see his kid. And I was exactly. Like, oh, yeah. God, damn. Now I need to see the backstory of this. So, <laughs> so, like, I I love that because it's not it's not a one note thing. It's not something that just kind of just. It is what it is, and it is like I love Garfield. Garfield one of my favorites. I love peanuts, but this isn't. This is a. For me, this is dope. My little brother's known, so I can send this to him and go, "Dude, you got an iPad. You're an artist. Do that." <laughs> like, yeah. Just I mean, do it. Yeah. Where does so this is going to be really cliche, but the writing process, the ideas for these things, like you said, your wife, your wife is white, so I can understand mm-hmm. the biracial aspect of it. So where do a lot of the other characters, like Neve, come from, or um, I can't remember the the little girl's name who had the uh, actually wrote it down, um, uh, uh, it Lauren, huh? Was it Lauren? Yes, yes. So we get yeah. these stories. Like where do these deep, like the deeper stories, come from?
1: so um both my wife and i are educators well back up so the main characters the main family that's that's literally our family like i'm the dad it's probably why you don't see him that much because i don't really like drawing myself yeah but um it's like i'm pretty much the dad his name is drew in the comic and um my wife is jessica that's booth's mom and then booth is actually my son he's he's an older version of my son yeah but um my, my son like he's always been a really smart kid and um, he was actually, he was offered the chance to skip a grade. We didn't we didn't go that route, but he was offered a chance to skip a grade back in, uh, I believe it was kindergarten. And, um, but like the idea of his character was like, well, what if we had gone with it? What if we had, you know, decided to do that? And like, what is, what is, what would that look like in like, you know, five, six years whatever? And uh, that's kind of where the idea of his character and his personality, like even his quirks, like. You know, he, he's smart um, intellectually, but, like, socially, he doesn't always get what's going on.
0: Oh, my favorite, he can't always...
1: read the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can't... and that is, that is my son. Like, he cannot read a room. Like, just figure it out. <laughs> but um, so that, that's kind of where his personality comes from. And um, Nevea, on the other hand, and her family, they're kind of a combination of people I grew up with. Yeah, um, Navea is definitely a combination of all my like best friends that I had growing up. Um, very strong willed, very the opposite of my personality. Um, you know, says what they mean and mean what they say. You know, uh, uh, not afraid to you know fight somebody if they have to. Yeah, um, loyal to a fault. You know that that type of personality, and um, you know, just an outdoorsy person. I was always an indoors kid. I was always introverted. Um, she's very extroverted and out there, so I just want to kind of combine that.
0: Give me one second, Don. Yeah. So
1: yeah, you were saying it's a combination
0: of um, friends you know, like in the, the exact opposite of what you are. So
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and funny story actually, um, Nevea wasn't supposed to be a main character. She was just to be supposed to be somebody that I just dropped in for a comic and really? left. Yeah, um, but like, uh, it was stick to 2020. I, I dropped that comic. And people were so like, I got so many messages about seeing a dark-skinned girl yes. in a comic. And it really made me think. I was like, oh dang. Okay. So then the, the representation thing started coming back. I was like, okay, so it can be more than just, you know, Booth being a mixed kid. It can be, it can be this other character too. And so I was like, okay, so we she needs to stick around and let's see where we can go with this. Yeah. And uh that's and so she's she's become a main character. Like she's pretty much side-by-side side with Luke as a main character now. Um, Lauren is Lauren is um, actually, she's based off of a girl that I had a crush on in middle school that I never approached. And I actually found out like, you know, the, the whole story you find out years later that she actually also had a crush on you, but you never like approached her. Yeah. So um, it, it was that girl. And she was like, she seemed so, cause I was, I was a nerdy black kid even back in middle school. So like, she seems so unapproachable. She was a cheerleader. She was like captain of the cheer squad. She was like, you know, one of the most popular girls in school. And I was like, there was no way I could ever like even get this girl. Like, I'm scared to talk to any girl, like let alone this girl. And um, so she's kind of based on on, on her and her personality and how you know there's 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 you see the popularity, you see like they're people pleasers, they they got all these friends, but like what's beneath that? Yeah. And so that's why I kind of explore with Lauren and then um, you know you got you got Nevaeh, she's a she's a middle child of five so she's got her two younger brothers and her two older brothers and that dynamic and it's just um it, it's grown in a way that i didn't expect but i mean it's it's been fun it's been fun writing all these characters
0: yeah and i and i love that there is more than just the like i said i mentioned earlier just the surface of what's going on and like <laughs> with um Nevaeh, who it's probably my favorite character, just because, like this, the exterior of her is just this hardcore, like "don't mess with me." And I remember the this particular comic strip with Lauren when she told Neveah not to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, I'm gonna do this. But then, she, <laughs> how hurt she was with the results in like mm-hmm. how devastated she was that, like, in I actually see, I actually screen cap thing where. Either she was talking to Booth or Booth was talking to her. And one of them said, sometimes doing the right thing doesn't solve it.
1: And mm-hmm.
0: I, I, think, I think you probably know what I'm talking about, but it was one of the deeper things. Yeah. These are lessons that, like, you really just don't get until you actually experience things. Like yeah. Like, you know, and it, it's and sometimes it sucks. And it's, it's <laughs> I, don't know, yeah. I don't know if you can hear.
1: <laughs> but, um, you're, you're good. Doesn't bother me.
0: Um, So yeah, so it's like, I loved everything about that. And I love, like I said, I love that it gets deep and I I find myself like really tearing up because it it is, I have friends who have been in these situations before and you don't Mm -hmm. really know what to do because you're like, you want to say something because you know they're being verbally or physically abused. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it makes the situation worse or in some situations you become the bad guy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I was going up yeah. through Valley, but um, there's a similar situation in a storyline like that. And it's just like, what do you do as a crime? Yeah,
1: there's, there's not always a clear, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. And, and I always wanted to highlight that because we see a lot of times on TV media, cartoon shows, whatever, especially kids media, um, there's always like a happy resolution or there's, there's, there's a simple answer that's presented itself, but that's not, not really reality. Um, my wife and I are both educators. And so uh, we. my wife actually works in, in the middle schools. And that's, that's where some of these stories come from. Like These are not like made up, I come out of my head with these. Like this stuff actually happens, especially with um, uh, the storyline Fine with Lauren going through her abuse um, of her boyfriend. Like I, I got a lot of, I got some, I, I won't say a lot. I got some comments like, oh, this is so re- unrealistic. Like this stuff doesn't happen. I was like, no. Like you don't get it. <laughs> this stuff happens every day, and we just don't talk about it. Yeah, and we don't see it. And especially like in the black community, um, we have this history of 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 brushing things to the side, or you know, ignoring things, or uh, just wishing it'll go away. But this stuff actually happens. and It actually affects us. Um, so telling these stories was really important for us. It's like like people need to know what's what's actually happening.
0: Yeah. And I, it, it's and when people say things like, "Oh, it's just fiction," or like it's just a comic book, or it's just a TV show, I'm like, you don't know what this does for somebody else. I remember in like my, uh, in my really, really close to rock bottom days? Like comic books were my escape. They still are my escape, but what I needed to just decompress. Mm-hmm. I, I I was reading a comic book on the train or reading a comic book on the bus or like just something like that or the amount of music that I've consumed in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and you being a musician, you'll understand this. It cracked me up when I was I couldn't have been any older than 13. And my cousin I was listening to something and my cousin was like, you know, rap's just a fad, right? He's like, it'll be gone in a <laughs> few years. <laughs> like, and and like, it kind of bugged me a little bit, but like, you know, see what it's become now, and like our elder statesmen like Jay Z and Nas, who have like gone on to do other things. Like, mm-hmm. music isn't, wasn't just, if it was just music, they wouldn't have the opportunities that they do now to, to accomplish what they have.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And honestly, and I don't, and I don't mean to say it's a blow smoke at the butt, but like, your comic strip is going to do that for some people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when, Lauren, you, like when Lauren cut her hair, I was like, oh <laughs> shit, that was big. Like, that was a huge, like, for me, that, yeah. again, like, that was a huge deal. And, in like, a Black woman in her hair, like, it's, it's like, their identity. It's, like, to some of them, it's their identity. It's their badge. It's who they are. So, Absolutely. And I remember you posing a question, like, why do they do it? And the first thing I thought about was, like, it, it kind of seemed like regrowth. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me start over again. But even something as simple as that and yeah. different channels, you could change
1: somebody's life. Yeah, and, and one of the things I, I always try not to do is over-explain. Because um, I, I get questions all the time. It's like, why did this character do this? Why did this character do this? Honestly, I don't even know. Like um, when I write, I try to write from the perspective of an outsider looking in. Yeah. And so I don't know why Lauren cut her hair. She, she could have any number of reasons. And to me, when I'm, when I'm watching a show, it, my wife and I are opposites in that way. I don't like knowing all the answers like I like to leave some to the imagination I like when the writer I have to figure things out like fill in the blanks is I guess what I'm trying to say and, and I, um my wife that's needs- what I try to do with my comments I try not to overly explain things so that you can come to your own conclusions
0: you know it's funny because my wife's the same way like we watched this like I we just finished the Sopranos for the first time like a month or two ago and a bunch of it in of her, and she was like, well, what happened with this? What happened with that?" as a pain. Life, and she was just like, "That's not acceptable. exactly, yeah." <laughs> but you know, but yeah, but um, on the flip side of that, when you do explain things, we um, just take Asher mm-hmm. with um something else that people in actually all walks of life have to deal with. When you have people who have parents who are on drugs and mm-hmm. you know, nature. And then the kid who sees this, and the parents who don't realize that their yeah. children are witnessing this stuff goes on. Like when he was like, "Let me guess, my mother died." I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> like <you> know, <laughs> that hurt. I was, like, yeah. And it was like watching what a middle school kid had to grow up in two seconds.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you could tell. So that that story, um, "Invisible Suitcase," is actually based off our personal journey, my wife and I were foster parents for a little while, oh. and we had a, a team. Uh, we, we specifically wanted to go in to foster teens because you know, they, they just don't get any love in the system, just ever. And so um, everybody wants to foster like the babies, or everybody wants to adopt a baby, right? Uh, but nobody thinks about the kids that quote unquote age out and they're older, and so now what do these kids do? And so we fostered a team, and we had a, um, an experience that led to like, uh, that led to the creation of that story, um, you know, very, very tragic, unfortunate situation. But um, it got me to thinking, It's was like, yeah, there's, there's probably, well, I know for a fact, there's more kids out there going through this. Yeah. And, you know, you could be sitting next to them in a the classroom and not know, because they don't have to disclose that they're in the foster system. They're not living with their actual parents, like that kind of thing. And so, like, what what's festering beneath that? What's what's a story that can be told from that perspective? And that's kind of where um, you know Asher came from, and um, you know him being Booth's cousin. And it's kind of it's kind of hinted in the comics that you know Booth and them are, they're doing all right in life, like they're you know middle class, upper middle class, something like that. Like they're they're straight, right? And then you got this kid that comes in with his clothes in a trash bag, and. Um, you know, literally the, the kid that came to our house, his clothes were in a trash bag. Like he didn't have a suitcase. So um and and you know, just that 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 idea of what's what's you know, this kid has seen so much. And either he doesn't talk about it or he doesn't want to talk about it, or um it's just he he doesn't know how to process what's going on. And um, you know, that that's sort of the idea of Asher and, and Invisible visible suitcase and you know, it, it's a tragic story that's, like, interlaced with some humor here and there. And, like, uh, you know, some different scenarios that go on. But underneath it is this, like, real tragic story that that I wanted to highlight. It,
0: it's, it's funny. I'm not going to spoil the end of it. But the, the end of that series was, like, the prologue to that was really sweet. And, it, it again, like I said, like, the stuff really does hit home. Like, you do balance that, that perfect um, combination of, like, you know, joy and sadness in common which is not something that's easily done like i said in three or four panels um but i love it like how was how was the how was the reception been i, I know you're over five thousand followers on instagram um mm-hmm. so how was the
1: reception been for the most part oh well, for the comic it's been beyond anything i could ever imagine like like i said i just i just set out to make a little silly comic um about my family and it kind of grew into into what it is now and so yeah, man, it's it's. It, I don't even know what to think. Like, um, like the 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 amount of like DMs and messages that I get from people that are like, you know, thank you so much for for writing this. Like, I I I can I have something to show my daughter. I have something to show my son. Or, you know, this story. This is my story. And, um, you know, I have teachers asking me if they can like teach it in their curriculum, and I'm like, wow. Like, I'm not. Like, I, I don't. I have, I have imposter syndrome, so I never, I never feel like I'm worthy of any of this stuff, but it's like, it's like, wow, this is like beyond anything. And of course I'm not a million follower, you know, account, but it's like, still, it's like, it's impacting people. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really humbling. Yeah. And I, I appreciate everybody for every, every follower.
0: It's, it's incredible. And I, I, that's even, it's, it, you know, what's funny is when you hear people who, um, like nowadays, it's like it's all about the following. Like, you know what I mean. But, but for you, like, you know, this like sit, like just being overwhelmed and hearing the things that you hear, and, like, like wanting to teach this curriculum in class, like how, like that is that is you, can't, it's you crazy. You can't pay for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, like I'm, yeah. I'm going through. I'm actually going through the comment strip as they're talking because there's more than a few things I want I want to talk about. But I- uh, <laughs> go for it. Like it's just. All right, here, here we go. This was my favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the F, yeah.
0: What the yeah, F yeah. was a great one just because I've known people like that. Like, I've known people like that. I... What do you mean? Like, a B would freak them out. But like an F? And then it kind of reminded me of this episode of The Simpsons when Lisa got a B and she didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. yeah. And like Asher, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, see <laughs> how Asher would react to that. And of course... <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil the end of it, but like the end of it was was very much Asher. Like that's exactly <laughs> how you'd assume.
1: You so did. funny! Funny thing is, I actually got shadow banned for that story. What on a, on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, because it's um, so. Just for like a little behind, um, you know, um, behind the scenes, inside baseball. Um, there's things on Instagram called shadow bans. So basically, they don't tell you you're banned. So what will happen is you'll notice that your posts aren't getting nearly the engagement that they used to be getting. I'll say like, for example, one day you'll be getting a thousand likes per post. And then the next day you'll get like 200 and it's like, well, what's going on? Like, are people not seeing my stuff? And then you look and you see, Hey, you know, you look at the engagements and stuff. and You're like, it's not going out to people. And so it's like, okay, so what's going on? And so, found out we got shadow banned, and basically, it's because that story was based around um, uh, prejudice. And uh, Instagram has some kind of like soft internal policy where you're not really supposed to talk about racial issues or prejudice, and they want to stay away from uh, words like racist and 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 this stuff. And it's like, okay, okay, so it's, it's like an overreaction to. To the actual racists out there. So I'm being punished for the actual racists out there. I'm, and so,
0: I'm trying to figure out where the racism came in. Like, I'm reading <laughs> it. Like, where? Where is any of the racism in this story? Like, so
1: how? Sto- so it's actually based off, it's based off an actual event that I went through. Um, I was in, uh, growing up, I was in a traveling choir, and, I, and I, you know, we traveled around the country and sang. We went to Italy and did all this cool stuff. And uh, I was out of school a lot. And so I had this teacher um, in middle school, I'll never forget, she was my history teacher. And um, when I, I was was out of school so much, but I would always make up my work. I would always do my work while I was on the road. And um, I got back one time and we got our our report cards and I failed the class. And I was never a great student, but I wasn't like a fail the class type student, right? And so um, I was a lazy student. I got C's. I just skated by with C's. But... I knew I hadn't actually failed the class um um, you know my mom was concerned and so uh we went up to the school and she's like oh he never turned in his work and this was a black lady and um and I was like but I did turn in my work I did I did everything I was supposed to do um you know where is it she's like well I don't have I don't have any copies of it and um come to find out she was um she had a bias against me because she felt like I was privileged. She felt like I, I thought that I was privileged. Like I could miss all the school and still pass her class. Like there was some kind of privilege associated with that in her mind. Yeah. And um, actually come to find out that I had turned in the work and she just never recorded it in the system. Wow. And so, um, you know, and of course my mom being, being the mom that she is, she, she, cursed everybody out and, you know, did all that. And, but like that, that, that experience was like, oh, black people can have prejudice too. Cause you know, I I don't know why in in my mind, it sounds silly, but I always like, oh, it's just, it's just the white people that are racist, right? Just the white people that are prejudiced, whatever. You never think about like internal racism, like systemic racism and, and things like that, that we, that we project against each other. And so that story got, got me to thinking about um, what the F and how Booth could have this teacher that perceives him as a mixed kid as being as being privileged because of his skin color and because of his, um, you know, perceived privilege of having a white mom or whatever. And, um, you know, the story kind of grew out of that. And, and, and actually, we did have, uh, we had a lot of, like, good debates that actually, some of them I had to I had to um, delete because they just got so heated about what is racism and um, can black people actually be racist? And there's people that believe that black people can't be racist and people that say that they can. And they were having this big debate in the comment section. And, um, you know, it kind of, some of them devolved into, you know, what what you would expect in today's society of people name calling and doing all this stuff. So I was like, no, I don't want that to be what this is about. But um, but yeah, it, it got me shadow banned for a while. So it was it was it was tough to crawl out of that hole. But eventually, eventually, I did.
0: Yeah. And that's again testament to you,
1: like just actually going like, because some people would just quit. Like, yeah, I said I'm cool. But my hands, I up. almost did. I almost did. I almost told my wife, you know, I'm gonna cut this story short because look at what it's doing to our page. And she, to her credit, again, I can't speak highly enough of my wife. She was like, no, keep it running. If it kills your page, it kills your page. But at least you would have told the story you wanted to tell. I was like, "All right, keep it going." Uh,
0: the, the power of a woman, man. Like, like just, a, <laughs> yeah. just like a strong partner in general. Like my wife. Like, yeah, we like she's the one who I needed a new mic. She was like, "Here's your new mic. We're, I'm tired of using this." So we have, <laughs> uh, yeah. When like we have now, we have this one that we haven't finished setting up yet. But now it's a, a space where I can record now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a writer. Like I do a bunch of com- I do comic book articles. I'm working on a book. So, so I'm like, so she's always like watering, like that plant in me. She's always like, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. Sometimes, sometimes it gets a bit annoying. And, <laughs> and it, sometimes it's annoying. Oh, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I almost, yeah. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Da, 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 da. But, but the one thing I will say is, even when I'm frustrated by her, she will never stand me up ever. And yeah, but so, like, it's the, it's the, it's the things like that that really make me happy that um, she's in my life, and so like she's not gonna let me quit. Like, that's just, yeah, if it's something that's becoming detrimental to myself or our relationship, then we'll have a conversation, but she's never gonna yeah. to stop. It. Like, you know what I mean? We yeah, like, yeah, stop doing something that I was working towards. When and even if she didn't say stop, she was like, take a break.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, you know what the killer is though, now that you mentioned that. Um, so my wife is also the editor of the comic, so she she reads it before it goes out, yeah. Just to make sure I don't spell anything crazy or say something crazy, um, and that, that just got me thinking. Like she's she's so supportive, and she does all the things that you're talking about. Like you know whatever you need, if it, it's if it's to pursue your dream, go for it. But like that just makes it sting even more when she tells you like you have a dumb idea, because my wife. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but like, like, because it makes you stop and think. It's like, okay, if you're telling me this is dumb, I probably shouldn't be going in this direction. Yeah. So yeah, like, it's it's, it's nothing having like having that partnership that that. Um, because I'm I'm stubborn. I'll, I'll you know I want to do it. If I have an idea, I'm a dreamer. So I have I have a lot of big ideas. But she's like, no, nah, no, nah, babe, that's not. That's not. That's not it. <laughs> it's like.
0: Uh, All right. A so, uh, funny story for you. I didn't realize I was stubborn until well into my 30s and I was at work. And there's one of the dudes, oh, we were talking about something. I was like, I'm not stubborn. And everybody in that room looked at me like <laughs> so I went home that day, and I said, hey am I stubborn? She goes, Oh God, yes. You're the most stubborn person I know. And I go, no, seriously, she goes, You're you seriously don't know that? And so I've, I've given myself the moniker the God of Stubborn, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but it's also something I'm working on because I know it's not necessarily like the most positive thing in the world. However, it's one of the re- It's also kept me. Um, this will be this will be the 11th episode I've done for this particular project. when I'm mm-hmm. over 100 on my other one, specifically because wow. like even if it doesn't make it, like I talked to my therapist about it, and he was just like, you mm-hmm. just, I'm like, no, he goes. And he goes, that's he goes. He doesn't call it stubbornness. He has another word for it. But he was telling me that it's that drive that kind of keeps me going. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was just like, was like I'm going to make this profitable, and I'm going to make this work regardless. Like you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also not going to do because it's. I, I have this conversation. We've all seen how the world can be toxic, and how that particular mm-hmm. brand can make it money. I don't mm-hmm. like. Like yeah. For me, it would be just genuine to myself. And I also don't want to spread that energy to the world. Yeah, yeah. So me, like, I'd rather do it. And again, it's another reason I admire the comic book, because it's not, it's not angry. It's not. No. And I, that's why I was confused by the whole, like, what the F thing. I'm like, I don't understand why any of this is racist. And to <laughs> the conversation about racism, Chris, uh, old Chris joke. like, you know, it is a joke, but a lot of jokes are said in truth. When he was talking about Black oh, black people, are the most racist people in the world and how Black people basically hate ourselves. And it's like, it's an unfortunate truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation about the uh, stuff that's in, that was embedded in our DNA and mm-hmm. we see every day. And then like, then the idea of colorism, which is something um, yeah. kids will have to deal with. And, and Even when I was younger, like you know, making fun of someone because they were high yellow or making fun of someone mm-hmm. dark that was that was fun and funny. And even as an adult, like not anymore, but like I have, like I didn't realize after having like growing up and maturing, those jokes were never cool, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, and who knows the kind of lasting effects that it has on people.
1: So, um, yeah, now not that you mentioned that the first comic that actually like blew, there were two um and the well the first one that kind of that blew up that kind of like quote unquote put us on the map was um booth was uh talking to us it's, it was an older comic it was in the old art style and he was asking his parents about uh crayons and he was saying you know mom i have a crayon that's um you know everybody says that you're white but this crayon says that you're that you're um i think it was like golden peach or something like that yeah. and um that's more like your color and it's uh and he's like dad this crayon says that you're more like a chocolate sensation and so it was like yeah that, that was kind of the first one that blew up and like people were like yeah this is so true and then there was another one with Navea. she was asking her mom she's like am I um she's like am I pretty for a dark-skinned girl and um Nevaeh's, her mom says no you're just pretty no matter what it's basically the gist of the comic yeah and um yeah. And I let me tell you, like people just came out and were like, I needed to hear this. Like personally, I needed to hear this because I've been told my whole life that, you know, you're pretty for a black girl or you know, you'd be prettier if you were lighter or something like that. And it's like, you know, stuff that like like I didn't even I didn't even realize what kind of impact that would have on, on people. So, you know, um colorism is really it's it's a real thing out here.
0: Yeah, and it's, and again, like I said, these are the, the stories that people need to hear. Like, and now that I'm talking about, because like I said, I read the comic book whenever it comes out, but like, there, I'm pretty sure I haven't gone back to the beginning yet. And so, seeing that like, even like the last, we'll say, two or three months in the, you know, the stories we've had, it gets me excited for what's next. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There are a plethora of topics that could be discussed, and I don't want to spoil anything because the stories you're telling now they have a really good conclusion. And talking about it would kind of spoil some of the things that go on. Um, but uh, I want to make sure I talk about this. we talk about being shadow, yeah. And I know Instagram, and I've spoken with a, with a couple of Instagram artists and comic com- script makers. And they talk about how the algorithm now is just for lack of a term, shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What, what can people do to make sure that
1: they catch you whenever something drops? So I drop comics every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10. Um uh, I'm playing around with the time because of the algorithm. So I will say for for creatives and artists out there and, and things like that, you you have to play, you have to play the game. So there's there's there is a stubbornness about yourself that you can have, but only to a certain extent. Like um you you have to play within the rules of Instagram. So Instagram decides that um, you know we 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 don't want you to post things between this time and this time, and you say, "Well, no, I'm gonna post thing at this time every time." Well, you're gonna see, you're gonna have to live with the results, right? So, um, what I tell anybody who's being creative is be consistent yeah. and make sure your quality is there. Quality and consistency are the best thing that you could ever do because if you're inconsistent, your audience isn't gonna know. What to expect and eventually they're gonna get bored and just drop off right 100%. um if you post a comic once every once in a while then they don't know what to look out for they don't know when to look for you whatever so i post pretty consistently monday wednesday friday um it used to be 10 o'clock but again i'm playing with the times just to kind of see where every when, when everybody is engaging so the time is less important than the just consistency right and i might miss every once in a while or i might post an extra every once in a while, but you'll get something on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, no matter what. Um, Some people feel like you have to post every day. Some people think you have to do um, different things, but just being consistent is the best thing for me. So yeah, if you want to catch my comic, you're going to see it on um, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Sometimes you get stuff on extra days, but you probably won't ever get anything on the weekends because I just have to have a mental just time away and, and break. That's that's just important because I'm a workaholic. I work myself to death, so um, I just take the weekends to kind of breathe. But um, yeah, my name is A. Friday. You'll see me.
0: So, so, before we end the show, I do want to talk about this. Like, what is your nerd? What is your nerd job? Like, for me, it's like comic books. My like, I love comic book stuff. Uh, my co-host, Super War he's a comic book guy, obviously, but he's also a big. He's big into. Uh, science. He's big into like when um when the reports came back from the satellite. He was like just off the walls excited about everything that he learned <laughs> from space. He's a big Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So what is like what is your what
1: is your particular nerd job? So I am a comic book guy. Um, I grew up. It's it's kind of funny because I'm now um, I'm I lean Marvel uh, Marvel Comics. That is and um but my first comic book i ever owned was um, my dad just randomly bought me nightfall um the um batman uh when bane broke his back yeah and um i was a little kid and i didn't even understand everything that was going on i just thought it was so cool the story was really cool and um but i kind of floated away from dc and more towards marvel because marvel had a diversity and the you know the characters with struggles and stuff like that and dc seemed more like just gods kind of just doing their thing and so um, I'm I'm definitely a Marvel guy. I'm not I'm not, I'm not a deep cut Marvel guy, but I, I know I know a lot I know a little bit about a lot of stuff when it comes to Marvel. So um, like I couldn't tell you an issue number or, or you know different things, but I, I I can I can hold my own in, in a Marvel conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. And um,
1: I also play uh, Magic the Gathering, so that's my other like nerd you know subculture that I'm a part of.
0: What's your like? Who's your who's your Marvel character? Who's the one? Who are the ones that you say when you're like, yo, those are my people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for me, it's uh, Wolverine, Deadpool, Kitty Pryde, see, Kate Pryde. Um, okay, I fell in love with Batman like over the last like yeah, it was in the comic book. And, Batman's always going to
1: be top tier. Just, just
0: always. And I'm really loving what they um what they're doing. Like in Thor, I have a Thor hammer tattoo. Like Thor's my guy because he's a god. <laughs> yeah. People very flawed guy i like my character mm-hmm. flawed
1: like Super, Same.
0: he's not really flawed like <laughs> you know what i mean like he's-
1: exactly exactly so who I-, I could never get into superman so my i was literally thinking about this the other day i was like who would i nail down as like my favorite character and i actually landed on blade um, blade is, is my favorite superhero so for just a number of reasons, just like I, I just recently bought the original. Um, he showed up and um, uh, I can't remember the comic. The, I told you I don't know names of comics, but I read his original run where he first shows up. And he's, he's fighting uh, uh, Dracula and, um, you know, seeing the original costume and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I just I just really love this character. I like I like what he's about. And um, so it's probably Blade up there. And then Spider-Man is my guy. Um, I always like the idea of Peter Parker being a high schooler and not really wanting these powers, but having them and having to learn how to deal with this new responsibility and all this stuff. And then more recently, Miles Morales. I, I just really like that character and what um, Brian Michael Bendis did to, did for him and in creating him and why he was created. And um, so I think I think those are my guys. If I'm a, if I'm gonna make a top like. Top tier, those would be those would be my guys.
0: So if you want to speak of Miles Morales, his newest run um is written by Saladin Ahmed. He really he's completely capturing Miles Morales, the character, in a way that I didn't that, because Brian Michael Bendis, he's created he's created two characters I love Miles Morales and Jessica Jones. Yeah. He's personally responsible for. The, for breathing life back into Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that someone could take Mars to Spider-Man and then turn him into this to into an even better character than he yeah. was previously being with. And so if you're if you're not like the most recent run, it's great he's got a new he's got a new costume. He's got new issues, like new issues like that he's dealing with because it's not just because in the very first issue, he was trying to figure out like what else can i do because he was yeah. that, like there has to be more and he was just swinging around somewhere and he was looking at this long line at at a um at a um place for like you know home people to get food um mm-hmm. you know, something, of that, something of that nature and he was just distraught that like there was not really much he could do so that leads into a deeper story and him doing more than just like punching spaces. So, so that's
1: yeah, yeah, I love that kind of stuff.
0: It, it's and again, it's one of the reasons why I love like with um with um Kitty Pry Kitty Pryde, her idea like her being proud and Jewish and being proud and mutant and being proud. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I love that Logan is just constantly looking for redemption. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I like Nightcrawler. I, I like Nightcrawler's um his 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 arc too, being Catholic and you know that that kind of that struggle you know yeah. with, with who he is and what he is and like and all that stuff, so yeah, that's, that's why I like marvel man. they just something about 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 those characters, especially like uh you know the uh x men and the mutants and, and that whole that whole allegory and stuff yeah. and and that type, I, I just love it
0: And like you bring a microphone and one of the things that I always thought was cool was like one of the most kind hearted people in the world had the misfortune to look like a be, yeah. He just never, like, he never looked at anybody, looked down on anybody. Like, when he um, died in one of the comic books, Wolverine talked about how, like, he never looked at me like an animal. He always looked at me as a man. And yeah. it, it, was so, it was so cool seeing, like, how, like, a writer can really interpret, interpret these characters, especially someone who may not be A-list, depending on who you ask, but mm-hmm. definitely crucial to comic books in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what are your, what are your, and I know because this has been a, a topic recently with um, the over the quote unquote oversaturation of comic <laughs> books and movies and television. And I never personally, I never got it because a comic book movie is just, a, it's just a movie. It's if it's more yeah. action, then it's an action movie. If it's not, then it's not. Like I look at uh, uh Miss Marvel that just, uh, I loved it because it was. Again, that's representation, like representation of a Pakistani Muslim teenager in a world that doesn't really look at her and think of her specific genres as superheroes. That to me, that's So I don't really look at it as a comic book show. It's just a really good show. Um, Yeah. And there's a show that starts tomorrow as we're recording this, Paper Girls, which is um, a comic book I really love. Um, mm. of so like a more Stranger Things vibe to it, but it's, but it's the way to make money. Do you think the market is being oversaturated,
1: yeah. by any means or? I think um, I'm gonna say i say no, and this is why because it's we always look at um, we always look at generations with rose colored rose colored glasses, right? So I say that uh, what I mean by that is if you look at um, my my mom, for example. If you were to walk into her house right now, I guarantee you she's watching a western, right? Because when she grew up, that's all they, that's all that was on Bonanza, Gunsmoke, um, the Rifleman, all this, all these shows, just westerns. And nobody back then was saying, "Oh, we're oversaturated with westerns," right? It's it's the fads come and go. Like if you look back a few years ago, it was all vampires, right? Yeah, it was all vampires. Everything was vampire. Everything you know, Twilight, everything was vampires. Then you had the dystopian team stuff with the Hunger Games and and Divergent and all that stuff. So um, I think it's just a genre that's here for now. And Marvel is kind of milking it for all they can. And DC is trying to get into the game and all these other um, studios are trying to get in the game. There's even stuff out here that people don't realize were comics that are coming out. And um, I think, the only thing I'll say is it's hard for me to keep up now with Marvel with all the shows and stuff. Cause we used to be, we used to be opening night people, like every movie we would be there opening night. We saw everything and we we never miss one. And now I think we're on the third episode of Miss Marvel. And you know, we're trying to it's like, okay, She Hulk is about to come out. We need to hurry up and finish Miss Marvel. It's like, yeah, so it's it's getting kind of tougher to keep up, especially when you got a life and kids and stuff like that. Um so that's the only thing that kind of gives me pause but like as far as being burnt out now nah, as long as I keep putting out good stuff I'm okay and I'm, I'm okay with not everything being great um so I didn't think the Eternals was the best movie ever I thought it was fine I didn't think it was the worst movie ever um yeah. it was definitely boring to me but you know it wasn't a bad movie. It was just kind of boring for me. So um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having a couple of duds in there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, I'm, I love it. As a comic book guy, I love seeing these interpretations of stuff. Yeah.
0: So. I had this, again, having this conversation um, with some people off the air. And I mentioned, like you mentioned vampires and westerns. So for me, it was, I was telling people, I was like, remember when zombies were a thing for 10 years?
1: Zombies, yeah. yeah.
0: 20 years in this, 20, 30 years in the mafia phase where everything could yeah. be something like that. I was like, it's like you said, sometimes things come and go. And I'm pretty sure in another 10 years, another battle happen. Like, like right now, the big thing is Marvel. And with, this is one of the things I love about I'm pretty sure you like me. You have a love-hate relationship with the internet. And mm-hmm. one thing that I thoroughly enjoy about the internet is that you don't need a big publishing company to put something out. So now, yeah, that, um, ten years from now, I may be looking at looking at it and go. I interviewed him before. Somewhere in between, became a became a TV series or a movie. Like you know what I mean? Right, right. And it was just it's just you, your wife, and an like, that's dope.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So in, like, and I think 10 years from now, um, 20 years from now, we're, I think we're not going to get out of the... comic book movies in shows are always going to be fun. But I now think that the power is in the hand of the creators because they mm-hmm. don't need... They'll, they'll always need, like, the Amazons, the Disneys, and the Netflix and all that. But now mm-hmm. the power is in their hand. They own this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, Brian K. Bond. He's uh, one of my favorite writers. He did Paper Girls. He did Why the Last Man, and he's writing mm-hmm. an incredible uh, comic series called Saga. And the, all three of those, none of them are are part of like the big two. Right,
1: right, right. right. Uh, two of them. Yeah, I'm reading right. Saga now. Awesome. Yeah. And then yeah, I, I missed the boat on that, and I was like, oh man, this is this is some good stuff. And, and I gotta say, my favorite part about Saga is how the
0: artists can have all of these different beings and none of them look the same.
1: But like none of them, yeah.
0: It was like the horns and the wings. are mm-hmm. different. And I, I, just, I fell in love with it last year and I just, I couldn't. And, and they,
1: don't, they don't make a big deal out of it, which, no. is, which is another cool thing. It's yeah. like, they just exist in this world and it's just, it's just how it is and everybody accepts it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Again, the, the, the amount of things they either on in terms of representation with um, looking different being different, understanding who you are in yourself. Like there's just so much that, could, that I really, I love I I, I, could go, I could talk about that for days. <laughs> um, it's, it's such a great show, it's such a great comic book actually my co-host um, Brandon, he's the one who put me onto it. Cause he was like, you know, yeah. I don't even know what this is. So I, <laughs> I'm on Comixology and cause he was like, all right, we're gonna do book one for his show. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll finish book one by tonight. And I just happen to be at the particular um post at work and I could just finish it, finish one book in like an hour. I text them at four in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I'm three volumes in, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like angry. That's I'm how like, it goes. Like, oh my god. That's how it goes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's super dope. And it's also kind of cool that it doesn't even have to be a a supernatural thing because there's also a comic book series that's ending in the next couple months called Deadly Class by Rick Remender
1: Okay.
0: And okay. TV shows. some shows should just be cartoons and some shows should should not be live action that was was the latter should not have been live (laughs) um dude thank you for doing this this has been the ball Black. yeah this has been fun uh tell everyone where they can find you where can where can where can they find you where can they find a comic book tell them about the patreon
1: yeah so uh again i'm andre Demel. you can find my comics somewhere in between uh you can find it on instagram you can find it on facebook you can find it on webtoon Um, just type in somewhere in between or in between comic, Um, please, if you're able and willing join our Patreon, Um, it's at in between comic, or you can just search somewhere in between, or you can search my name, Andre Demel. You'll see me, you'll see the comic. Um, Patreon, we got some really cool stuff. We got, uh, storylines that other people won't see. Uh, you got, uh, you know, you get to participate in polls and stuff. It's just, there's a bunch of cool stuff going on on Patreon. Um, and then um, I just wanted to announce that the book is coming out very soon. Um, actually, this is the first place I've ever announced it. Uh, so the book will uh should be um shipping. Uh, I want to say end of August.
0: Nice. But so, I'll
1: definitely get some definite dates out on that. But um, I'm really excited about it. It's, I've been working on this thing for like a year. So, dude, I um, am,
0: it's, I'm happy for you, man. Like, if, trust, trust, and believe. I'll be buying a couple of those for Christmas gifts, man. Cause I, like, I appreciate oh, that. I know a good amount of people. I think my aunt in general, I think her son would love the um, in-between book, especially like for a woman who's been told that she's quote unquote too loud, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. She's sort of yeah. speaking up for herself and with the people above, or, like people for her. I think that's something she'll absolutely adore. So, yeah, um, the book, like as soon as the book comes out, make sure you send me a direct message. I will promoted on the show. I promoted on my socials like just because like I said, I really appreciate the stuff you do. I am a huge supporter of Black-owned things. I'm a huge supporter of people who represent everything they are and not hiding who they are. Like I know sometimes when, they, when someone hears, oh, he's got a white wife, like oh, he's a, it's like no, love is love, man. Like just, let's just call it exactly what it is. And like, is is. Yeah. and you big up your wife, man. And like the fact that like a lot of people also don't do that. So like, you could have taken that credit off yourself and I never would have known. But, oh no. So I think, I think all that's absolutely dope, man. You should be, and like I said, and I hope I don't sound like a jerk, but you should be proud of yourself, man. Because I, like I said, I look forward to this stuff. And it's one of those things where it's just like, so if I, like, because the algorithms of Instagram are kind of messed up. So I'm like, wait, 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 where's my comment? It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank like, you so much. I, I, I appreciate this opportunity so much, man. I am so I'm so humbled and blessed to, to be, have you ask me to be on here. So. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you.
0: Whenever you want to come back on, um, if you want to come back on and just talk some nerd shit, um,
1: I'm I mean, here, man. I
0: know Hobby and Brandon will be on there. I know one day we're doing the Beavis and Butthead, um, does universe and like where we talk about all sorts of stuff. And if you want to come on and explain Magic the Gathering to us, I'm all for that because I don't know anything about it, but it's definitely you. It's definitely a nerd genre that I'm absolutely <laughs> funny about. And I'm not even being sarcastic. Like I make fun yeah. of. Them. Hey, you used to play World of Warcraft but I'm like ah, I wasn't like that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> definitely I'm, I'm down to nerd out about whatever man I'm I'm, I'm here for it
0: alright uh, thank you for joining us and as always be excellent to each other peace peace black no! black 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 fall black fall black fall black Wade.